greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. Season of encouragement. We all need encouragement. There are some verses that we, we, we're going to look into, and I, I think it will help everyone here. Uh, Psalms 42, verse 5. I think I want to calm down a bit so I can encourage myself too. Psalms 42, verse 5. Thank you, sir. Can you see me there? Can you see me? Okay, good. Psalms 42, verse 5. Um, it says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Okay, there are times when things happen to us, and then you are downcast. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Tell your neighbor you will yet praise him. And then in verse 11, verse 11, verse 11, verse 11 of the same psalm, verse 11, says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. I mean, David is saying, don't allow that particular situation to be your end. Put your hope in God, for you will what? Yet praise him is the help of your Countenance. Now, in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, uh, we find um, another example of what, it, what, what happens to us when we get discouraged. Business is not booming the way you think it should boom, or the fruits are not showing up. The guy says, uh, Prophet Habakkuk is a minor prophet in the Old Testament. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom. The fig tree there means business, career. Said, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, no resort, so to say, though the labor of the olive may fail. You are laboring, you travel here, you travel there, and then nothing seems to be yielding fruits. He said, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. So this, this verse 17 represents uh, what we go through, especially in finance, in business, and career. You said, though the fig tree may not blossom, the fruit, no fruits in the vines, the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. That is, don't allow that thing to take your joy from you. Uh, in, in the uh, service, we, uh, the other service we had this morning, uh, Pastor Lai was teaching us about the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. 
Uh, it could be pleasant, it could be unpleasant. But joy is a wellspring on our inside. It, it, it is a fountain on our inside that you want to take advantage of every time so you can overturn that situation. If you look at verse, verse 17, it says, this is not working, that is not working. Then in verse 18, it now says, yet I will... Praise God. I'm hearing like thunder. <laughs> so yet I will rejoice. This verse 18 changes the equation. It says, then the Lord God becomes my what? My strength. He will make my feet like what? Their feet means speed. Things were slow. Things were not, you know, happening the way it should. But suddenly, I gained strength. Of course, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay? He said, the Lord is, God is my strength. He will make my feet like in hind's feet or deer's feet. He will make me to walk upon my high places. You will walk upon your high places. He said to the chief um, uh, musician with my strength. So you find that verse 19 will never happen without verse 18. Joy is the breaker. Joy is the game changer. But that joy does not just come. It's easy for you to tell somebody, hey, in spite of the situation, you should be joyful. Ah, people say, do you know what I'm going through? So, so our series this season is to see how you can squeeze that joy out in spite of the circumstance, so that you can experience this verse 19. Praise the Lord. We, we, uh, earlier in the month uh, of August, we looked at the causes of depression or the discouragement. Number one is disappointment. People will disappoint you. You will disappoint yourself. Friends will disappoint you. Relatives will disappoint you. Unfulfilled expectations. Many of us in January, we have expectations, some powerful projections that by, by July ending, our profit margin should be 22.75%, you know, and everything looks very fine. And then July comes, it's not even profitable, it's even in the negative, okay? Disappointments, failure, people fail, all men fail, but the great ones, they rise again. People fail exams, marriages fail, some people fail in their marriage, it just goes under. People fail, you know, uh, in a business. Those are the things that lead to the disease of discouragement. Many people don't know that discouragement is a disease. It's an attack, high-profile attack, that if you don't know how to deal with it, it can wreck a man's life. So you find disappointments, failure. Another reason for discouragement is fatigue. You are just tired. If you study the, the book of Nehemiah, when they started rebuilding the walls, of, the walls of Jerusalem, everything started well. There was excitement, there was joy, there was strength. But when they got to the middle of the project, there was a downturn. Nehemiah had to summon courage and it was through that process that that word came, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's been discovered that when people are halfway through a project, things happen. That's why we have recharge conference every year. You start the January prayer and fasting. You are good to go. February, March. But somewhere within July and August, some things begin to turn up and then he shakes you. That is when you need encouragement. People just get tired. Marriage fatigue, business fatigue. Then another major reason for discouragement is delay. I, I, I'll be dealing with that a lot. 
um, in, in, um, today and then sometimes in September. That is one big, you know, when training uh, GII, and somebody asks a question about what I'm praying for something, what if I give God a particular date, you know? You know, how people say they are releasing their faith and say, okay, God, uh, God said to me, or I told God that I will get married by August 27th. And then I said, well, it's okay for you to believe that. But I've noticed that the moment people set a particular time, they are setting themselves up for failure. Because you become anxious. Now, it doesn't mean God can't do it on that day. The challenge is, if you are saying, okay, God told me that on the 27th, by 27th of August, I'll be married. By July 27th, you become anxious. And that anxiety and that, you know, that kind of thing begins to affect your faith. In fact, by 26th of August, you are discouraged. Many of the things that people are expecting from God don't happen the time they expect it. It's one major reason for discouragement. Delays. Some, but most great things will take time. Take time. Delays. Um, lack of resources. When you don't have cash, it can be discouraging. I hope all the men can attest to that. When you don't have cash in your pocket, you can't pay up bills. It's very, very discouraging. And then we have um, impatience, another reason for discouragement. Sometimes we are just in a hurry, especially when you are under the yoke of unholy comparison. Another man's season is not your season. So you find that when people have friends, a group of friends, we graduated together, we started business together, and then because of that mentality of we started it together, there's an assumption that when my friend buys a car, it must also be my season of buying a car. And then suddenly, it looks like you're not able to buy a car, and then you become impatient, and then enter into discouragement, just because you assume that it's your own season. There are many other reasons for discouragement. Another one is a major loss. When you lose a loved one, a close friend, it's can, it can be shocking. People living, you know, when, when <laughs> and I'm growing to understand that some of my friends have begun to lose their parents, okay? Some had lost their parents earlier before, you know, we left school. But now that parents are aging and you find people losing their father or their mother, I, we used to take it for granted. But with my understanding now, it's not an easy thing. When someone, because... Even when they fight their dad or their mom, it's not easy when the dad or mom passes on. Some people think they're just still okay. Take them out. The grief can be there and manifest in one form or the other. They can become quiet. They become isolated. Some even change their entire life um, ideology. Because you just, you know, someone you've seen for 40 years or 50 years, and then it dawns on you that I'm not going to see mommy again forever. It's like, you know, it's a different thing if mommy is in the village and then you know that I can see her in three weeks' time or you can even call her. That, 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 that hope gives you strength. But now, not in the village, not in the city, she's gone forever. The uncle is gone forever. The aunt is gone forever. It's painful. And it's even worse if it's a spouse, husband or wife. It's more painful. And the reason I'm saying this is this. We said this series is not just to encourage you, but to equip us to encourage others. So that when you see people go through things, you don't look down and say, what happened now? The mother is 85 years old. What else does she want? You don't think like that. 
if the mom is 85 years and he is 45 years, that means she's, he or she has seen that person for 45 years. It's not a joke. And it could be miscarriage, as simple as miscarriage. A lady is pregnant and everything is going on fine and in the fifth month or seventh month, something just goes wrong. You can, you can begin to think about what that person goes through and then we can become source of encouragement. When somebody loses a job, especially the head of a home, the man, it's not an easy thing. Praise the Lord. When people fail, fine, there are reasons why people fail, but while we are dealing with the failure, okay, do this or do that, we need to encourage others. One right word, one compliment can give someone the right oxygen to move on in life. Praise the Lord. Okay, what are the effects of discouragement? I think we also mentioned that earlier in the month. Some of us were not around. When you are discouraged, it stifles your potentials. You just be like, you don't know how to do anything good. A very good businessman, a, a, uh, an entrepreneur that knows how to do things, just because of one major failure can look like he doesn't know business again. Discouragement stifles potentials, it saps and drains energy, it leads to depression and misery, it paints a distorted view about yourself. That's one thing we want to deal with this month. That you failed an exam does not mean you are a failure. The enemy tries to make you see yourself as a... You see a lady, a, a relationship goes under, and then the next thing is she's thinking she's a failure. It's the relationship that failed. You did not fail. Your heart is still working. Your legs are still working. Your brain is still working. Now, look at that and then face that relationship failure. But don't, don't generalize because you failed. It could be as little as jump exam or accountancy exam or whatever professional exam. And then you begin to see yourself as a total failure. If you don't deal with that, uh, that, that mindset, you now begin to fail in other things. Things you could do well. <laughs> All men fail, but the great ones will rise again. You will rise again. Okay, so the moment um, failure distorts your view about yourself, it opens the door to Satan's attacks. It's the reason why people have mental illness. Um, it's the reason why people have suicidal thoughts. You, you look at these two examples in scriptures, uh, Ju Judas and, um, and Peter. It looks like they committed the same thing. But one could not just go beyond the mistake and ended up killing himself. But the other guy was able to wrap up himself and then become a great apostle. One major way of dealing with discouragement is to develop the right attitude. Somebody say right attitude. Oh, say louder this morning. Right attitude to life. This scripture has been on throughout this month, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. He said, there is nothing, there is no temptation, no challenge that you are going through that is not common to man, but God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. God is faithful. If there's any verse you must take home this month, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He said, no temptation. You can replace the word temptation with challenge or problem. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Tell your neighbor, God is faithful. Say it like you really believe it. Yeah, God is faithful. Who will not allow a featherweight to face a heavyweight? 
You mean boxing? Featherweight? You know featherweight? It takes a featherweight person. They don't put a heavyweight person to face a featherweight person. It's featherweight. You have lightweight and you have heavyweight. Okay? So it's only the heavyweight that will face the heavyweight. So God is faithful that he will not allow you to be what? Tried or challenged beyond what you are able. He's talking about the potentials on your inside. But with the temptation will also make the way of what? There's a way of escape. There's a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This is a very powerful verse. Number one, don't allow Satan to specialize a problem in your life. The, the, the devil makes you feel your problem or the situ- your own situation is uncommon. Requiring uncommon solution. Or it makes it look like, ah, you are a problem. You, ah, of all people in this world. But that scripture says, it's common. It's common. It's common. They've given our, our own children paper from school before that don't come next week or we don't pay school fees. It has happened to us before. Not once, not twice. But I preach on Sunday, you think everything is extraordinarily, extraordinarily. Do you know what it is to, for, for children to come home from school? And then they, they take the bag to check for assignment and it's a paper. Dear parent, it has been discovered that blah, 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 blah. Please, to avoid further what? Embarrassing and embarrassment. Don't allow, you know. And the child is asking you, mommy, what is it? It's a letter from your school. <laughs> Glory to God. And the child has to stay at home for like two extra days until parents can gather money. Glory to Jesus. Can you learn to even laugh at yourself? If you don't know how to deal with discouragement, it will wreck the entire future. There's a way of escape. There's a way forward. It's either the school they are going is more expensive than our pocket, and they must change school, or we didn't plan effectively, but there's a way of escape. It's not the end of the road. And you ask the, you ask the child, how many of your classmates did they put paper in their bag? They give it to the girl. Uh, uh-huh. I thought they five. We say, you see now, we are all together in this. <laughs> if almost half of the class have not paid, that dear mommy are not bad parents like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When a man jilts you, it's not the only man on earth. It's not for you. You cry and then you wipe away your tears and try your best to move on. And don't be afraid to tell people that he jilted you. Stop, hide, stop hiding it. It's one of, the, one of the strengths of encouragement is learning to acknowledge mistakes. Learning to acknowledge where you have missed it. You say, don't know, because some people try to, well, he just called me, I was ranting. Is that what they, he, he jilted you? You call your friend. Ah, ah, Veronica, it don't happen. Waiting. Ah, Johnson called you. He said, no, they do again. He said, no, they do again. In fact, the way they talk to me, I feel bad. Yay! And they come and they come. And then you cry and laugh. But the doctor said, Johnson is a foolish man. Johnson said it's not correct. What happened? Don't mind on us, man! You are hiding out and you are not going to deal with it well. There are three things we, stay, we say in our church over the years about failure. That all men fail, but the great ones, they do what? They rise up again. They rise up again. You are destined for greatness, so there must be that mentality that I will rise up again. My enemy do not rejoice over me when I fall, for I shall yet rise again. 
Then number two, we say that um, failure is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. You now begin to ask yourself, why did Johnson jilt me? Between you and yourself and the Holy Spirit, you will learn from it so that Jackson will not do the same thing to you. That's the joy of dealing with failure. In fact, you don't call it failure, you call it lesson. You call it school. Now, why, why, why did this happen? Why couldn't I pay the school fees on time? Oh, I underestimated that amount. And then the date came, you know, without my plan. Next time, I will save, even if it's 75%. So when that day comes, at least it will be easier for me to talk. It's simple. So that will be causing the school, all oh, these proprietors, they are self-centered, they are selfish. After your child has been in the school for seven weeks, you two are not okay. And you're not abusing the school. People have that attitude. They don't want to acknowledge when they are wrong. And they stay in the rut. Praise the Lord. Look at this scripture, Proverbs 22, I think verse 3. Learning from failure, you have to laugh at yourself. You have to learn to laugh at yourself. No matter your temperament, you need to learn. You will look at yourself and, in fact, you, you know, I failed uh, physics when I was in secondary school. I had F9. And uh, English was P7. I had to do it again. <laughs> One of my friends, he too failed physics. <laughs> he said, what did you draw? He said, so you should draw transformer. I didn't understand it when we were, when we were teaching us in class. When I got to exam, all, we should draw a transformer. <laughs> transformer inside it, everything. So my friend said he drew a TV. It's even in this church now, Minister Fash. He drew TV. He now said in his mind, transformer is inside. <laughs> we had F9 together. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I shouldn't have done science in the first place. I mean, I should have done art, but we were misguided by a wrong educational pride that science students are better than art students. So you don't know it, though. No. I said, so what are you doing? I'm doing science. <laughs> like that is success. <laughs> F9 physics, further mathematics, F9. That one, that further math. There was a time they were teaching us in class. I peed. I'm telling you the truth now. You related, in case you don't know what, I, what pee means. And what cost, because I hate when I don't understand something. And they were teaching us in class. Ah, what is this? Mathematics that I know is one, two, three, is numbers. Very few letters. And now you are three, D, Y, D, X. Why is the number? So, and as they were teaching us, my classmates were doing like this. Yes. Ah, yes, but the other one, in fact, before the teacher said the answer, one of them answered, my own don't bar me, you know. <laughs> and then I feed on my brother. <laughs> Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent man foresees what? And what? But the simple pass on and are? One major reason for failure is failure to plan. Check it out. He said, a prudent man is planning. You foresee. I shall pay 85,000 September 
10. What do I have now? 1,500. What can I do? That that 85,000 will not be a disgrace when it comes. That's planning. When you don't plan, you will end up in shame and embarrassment. I'm saying that so that when you see failure, you will be able to decode why it happened and retrace your steps. It, it empowers you for the future. Now, what can I do? Okay, can I be saving 5-5K every month? Or when they pay me this August, I might need to remove some major tongue. Most schools, when they see like 50%, they allow parents to rest. Because school has become like pay as you go now, small, small. <laughs> you want to get married? Okay. Don't be saying God told me to marry uh, in November 18th. There's no scripture that says that. When are you getting accommodation? You understand? Accommodation before marriage, isn't it? <laughs> Not that uh, I, I, I was born in November. My mother was born in November. My best friend was born in November. I was married in November. And then by August, you don't have any money for accommodation. All those religious things. When that woman now comes, the person will be feeling discouraged. No, it's lack of planning. Which accommodation do you want to start with? It's not your end. It could be a room and parlor only. But it's never your end. The one you can pay for. And then you pay for it. And then schedule the wedding maybe three months or six months after. A prudent man. Get on the verse, please. A prudent man foresees what? Evil and... Now, the word simple there talks about naive. Just too naive about life. So there are many things that we are naive about and we make mistakes and we get up, we end up in, 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 in failure. No problem, but learn from it. Failure is another opportunity to begin again more intelligent. You should be more intelligent from it. But if you hide out, you pretend that it didn't happen, it will happen again in the worst. We you know in Africa, when we fall down, the first thing we do is to check around. Nobody saw me. We don't begin to do like this, like this, like this. And then, like nothing happened. You didn't even check what cost you to fall. Eh? Your heel was too high. And then there was a stone there. You didn't know. You know? And then you fell. And then you quickly stood up. Don't take it. Are there other stones? But we are too busy about what we people say. We have that in Africa. We don't like, you know, we just want to protect ourselves like, like others don't fall. I've fallen before. The first time we traveled to New York, sorry, Chicago, first time. I carried one box. Empty box, nothing inside, though. There was just this faith that we buy things when we are coming. So we got to New York, Pastor Bimbo and I, we don't understand anything about how the airport works. So there was this escalator. And now, a, a pastor, ah, <laughs> carrying one box like this and climbing. The white people were walking. I just misstepped. And me and the box. <laughs> <laughs> they were laughing at us. I remember those white people. <laughs> and then I said, yes, I, there is a, is it lift to the call it? That way you're carrying every bag like that. You don't climb those stones. You enter the lift. You and the lift are one. But my joy is that I won't see you again. I don't have any problem. All of you there. When will, when will I see you next? Okay. Why are you in church last Sunday? Eh? Why in church last Sunday? What did you wear last Sunday?
all these things you are trying to cover, what, what, what did he wear? Can you remember the way he was dressed last Sunday? We, we just, it's a very, very, very expensive culture. Irrelevant things. Killing yourself to borrow money to wear things. They didn't even remember to walk. They were laughing. I was laughing. There's no problem. I carried my bag. My, how many of my family members went to New York before? Lord, thank you, Jerry. And I, but I've learned. Like, yeah, that's what I've learned. When you get there, you, in fact, you, I didn't even carry such bags. <laughs> when I go to my friend's place, I said, what is this bag for? They said, when people travel, they come back with plenty of <laughs> Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27, verse 12. The same thing in that verse, 27, 12. Says, if a prudent man, so we want to become more prudent about life. Say, so a prudent man foresees evil and what? Hides himself. A simple person and ah, what if some of us have been beaten before in business? Ah, he's a very good friend of mine. We've known each other from Kekere, you know. We, we, we were buddies, you know. So you don't need to sign any document. The guy can never do that kind of thing to me. And then when he, called, when, when he came to money, the guy disappeared. You learn from it. That next time, even if an angel appears to do business with you, angel, please sign this thing. <laughs> That's how you learn. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and have punished. Whatever you are going through now, I pray that as you partake of this communion, you will look back and laugh and rejoice in the name of Jesus Christ. I think two weeks ago I was sharing here in the midweek service. A pastor friend of mine uh, went into a particular business. I actually warned him that it's not advisable for a pastor to be doing such businesses. You know this multi-level marketing. It's very easy for pastors to, to, to rise. You know, they approached me, those who are doing um, uh, Ghana Gold, when they were entering the country, they came to see me. I remember in Sulere, I said, Pastor Yemi, Pastor so-and-so recommended you that um, and they presented everything. It was very tempting because it's easy for you to rise, you know, as a pastor. You just command the pastors to join in. It's not that they just command you to join in. If you don't join in, you don't take anything on the altar. That's not that's not saying. <laughs> I'm just joking, please. <laughs> you know, just tell the quiet people to join. And then, you know how it is now. It will be, you'll just be rising. But I saw it as a trap. Because my pastor had warned me about that before. Thank God for mentoring. So I said, I can't do this thing. How would I, after service, instead of counseling people, you'll not be discussing the next level, you know, the next buying. Ah, no, I can't do this. So I now call one of our pastors as a business person. You, you can do it. Me, I can't do it. So this pastor, when he told me he was doing this thing, I said, be careful, be careful. He didn't listen. He went ahead. He was working fine. He bought a car, bought property. He didn't even talk to me for several months. One day, I got a call. How are you, pastor? He said, there's a problem. I said, there must be a problem. He said, I've sold everything. I said, what happened? It was cattle. That's what we were supposed to pay. He didn't pay. And people that had paid must collect their money, you know, those kind of things. So he has, he has been returning money, returning money. That he has returned, the, he has sold the car, all the things he bought. He had sold it to pay back. That police have been troubling him. Even members of the church that should honor him as a father. They change when money came into the matter. I want my money. You know how people can behave? My money. Ah. He said, Why well, am I even calling you? So that uh, can I bring some of my books to your church? So we can see. I said, You don't reach that one. I said, Let's see, let's see. So he, he came, we had a discussion. I gave him some money to encourage him. And I said, now, you're going to be 50 in two years' time. Can you see your 50th birthday reception when, you know, the celebrant comes up to give vote of thanks? 
said, you need to see ahead of this thing. No? I said, see that 58th birthday reception and see yourself saying things like, ah, two years ago, I started a business. Maybe I should not have started it, but I thought it was the best thing for me. I needed money, blah, blah, blah. And everything went haywire. I thought I was going to die. Police was after me. The church was almost going under. But thank God for my wife. Thank God for Pastor So-and-so that encouraged me. Now I'm out of that debt and I've learned my lessons. I said, see yourself saying that. And it shall come to pass. That's when you go ahead of the problem. And now we saw some months ago in March when we had our program here and it was beaming with smiles. Have you prayed everything? He said, not yet, but what is remaining is just small. So you need to throw yourself ahead of Johnson. You know, Johnson that broke up with you. You need to see yourself looking back one day and say, ah, man, when Johnson broke up with you, I thought I was going to even die. Thank God for Jeremiah. Ah. Just, just, I, I'm telling you, you see yourself ahead. We are here preaching now. I'm seeing myself in our membrane structure. It's not that we have no more here. You see yourself referring to this place. Ah, when we were in that tent, I used to shake small, small. When water used to come like rivers of living waters. I've seen myself. See yourself. Then the wisdom and the strength and the capacity to dust it will just rest upon you. Glory to God. Most students that enter JS1, they are thinking of when they will finish what? SS3. That keeps you going. Then JS1, but one day I will graduate. One day I will do my master's. So see yourself beyond that present situation. You will bounce back in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up on your feet this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now, in case it's hard for you to see yourself, as you partake of this communion, God's grace will rest upon you. You'll be able to see those newness. You'll see 2019 in a different way. You'll see 2020. You are beyond that matter. It shall come to pass. And there are things you went through that you thought it was your end. Some seven years ago, some of you was in your university days, but here you are. Some of you had court cases, situations that looked like, ah, I'm going to die, this is the end. But somehow, God has brought you here. So whatever you are going through now, see yourself ahead of it. Oh, can we give thanks to God for life? Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services. 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call. 0808-156-3080 Global Impact Church Think Radio